0: Welcome back to the party. I'm Luke Inman filling in for the maestro, Sam Ekstrom. He's out in La La Land, probably auditioning for season 47 of Survivor. Good luck, buddy.
1: I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings advocating to ban the hip drop tackle, but only because it's ruined all of my parlays this year.
2: (laughs) Hey, this is Arif Hasan with the Wide Left Substack advocating that they only legalize the hip drop tackle and specifically on Luke Braun.
0: (laughs) All that, plus, you'll want to stick around for our yearly holiday movie draft as well. It's all coming up next on the Minnesota Football Party. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Welcome one, welcome all. We're back at it, back in the lab. Another episode of the Minnesota Football Party right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. We should probably get our other three guys in here. That might help. There they are, the three guys. You got a reef and the two loops today. No Sammy guns. He's out in la-la land right now as we speak. Maybe we'll get a, a classic Whoa. airport video sent our way. We'll see. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. From the plane? <laughs> what are you flying? Delta? What is that, Delta 1? Looks like United to me
3: an undisclosed undisclosed airline undisclosed. I was we don't I was want people
1: tracking to sam's flights what is this high school recruiting twitter
0: look at he's got look at he's got the starbucks in hand would that go for 12 bucks doing doing it right doing it right the sky club all right and and how we do it on leg room it looks like you got the window seat going is that your preference some people like aisles some people yeah. like window how we doing okay, okay. it's it's tight It's tight,
3: but you know what? We got the entertainment. We got the entertainment system. Um, We got the free Delta internet. Um, I can stay on the whole show. It's very unsettling to be talking on a podcast on an airplane. I'm just realizing that now and I'm sweating.
0: I was going to say, you're at about a 3 and as far as the volume goes, and I could tell yeah. I would be uncomfy as well, a little stuffy for sure. Have you scrolled through your options when it comes to your movie viewing pleasure? Because we're going to be doing a, a holiday movie draft here coming up. You might have to miss out on that, but you got anything that comes to mind when you think about those options that you got? I could do
3: Barbie. I could do Gran Turismo. Okay. I okay. could do... My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. Which of Mm -hmm. those would you go with?
2: Greek Wedding 3. I'm really curious what happens next. Uh, (laughs) They get married? (laughs) The grand conclusion of the trilogy.
0: Gretch finally gets you out of the office. You're clocked out. Got you on the plane. We're finally going to enjoy a little family vacay. There she is. What is she doing? A little Sudoku connections puzzle today? What's she doing? She's elbowing me. She's
3: tapping me on the knee, (laughs) telling me to get the heck off.
0: Yeah, because you're embarrassing her. Yeah, I get it. Okay. All right. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Just just to help her out, I'll give you 30 seconds. Jake Browning, Bengals this week, Saturday noon, Central Standard Time. Give us your 30 seconds, quick snapshot. What's the major headline you're thinking about? Jake
3: Browning is going to fall apart. He's going to crumble. And the Vikings will have a three-game streak of not allowing a touchdown. You heard it here first.
0: Wow. Spicy. Meet the ball. Okay. I like that. Um, give Gretch our uh, best wishes. You guys have a safe trip out there and have fun out there. When are we going to see you next?
3: Back on Monday. On Back Saturday, on Monday. I will call I'll call into the postcast from uh, Spy Spyglass Hill Golf Club.
0: All right. Say goodbye right. to our guy, guys. Goodbye, goodbye to our Sam. guy. Shoot
1: him
3: straight.
0: Get me out of here. This is Get terrible. Me. Get see me out of here. <laughs> Sam Ekstrom, ladies and gentlemen, wouldn't be a show if Sam Ekstrom didn't chirp back in from the airport. It's usually the airport videos we get. Yeah. We actually upgraded it. We got the plane. All right. It is is a mildly unsettling way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It is truly Sam Ekstrom
2: to like think of doing something bold and then begin to execute it and immediately regret
0: it. <laughs> His voice started out very quiet and it only got quieter as it
1: kept going. Did you realize that you're talking on the on a podcast in an airplane. <laughs>
0: I mean, in fair, that is degenerate Literally behavior. I understand. Regretted that, that. and you just know <laughs> Gretch, His wife was just sitting there. Sam, what are you doing? How long Sam, is this going to take? Sam. We're about to take <laughs> off. We're on <laughs> vacation. This is a vacation, Sam. We waited all year for this. So the one right. place I thought you couldn't sneak in work was on the plate. <laughs> <laughs> this was my safe spot aisle 14 seat b and c and this is what you do to me all right final odds on what that guy's gonna watch he's gonna go with barbie isn't it? he's going with barbie there's no he's, way he's, he's gonna, gonna take go with my suggestion. what what you know i was joking all right i know he's a big uh survivor fanatic but like what's your best educated guess when you think of sam action what reality tv show or what type of role would he star in if he were to go into the show business? Like what type of typecast character would Sam Ekstrom be if he were to make it big out in, uh, uh, out uh, in Hollywood?
2: Boring answer. He's the
0: host of the reality. He's Jeff Probst. Yes. Right. Like a hundred percent. It just he feels right. Jeff to me. Absolutely. Yeah. No. What about makes, like
1: perfectly nice guy that the girl was dating before
0: oh. she
1: leaves him for the lead?
2: Right, because the lead is like quirky and right, the new meaning, and he's, he's just delighted. too
1: yeah, he's too normal. He gets he's, stuck in the friend. Can't settle down with
2: but, him, but but it's but it's not like an early two thousands movie where they have to make him evil and have him do awful stuff to justify. Right, it. no, he just okay, d- yeah. didn't deserve just this at all. Yeah, yeah, um, what well, like. Was Jim Carrey's uh, romantic rival and liar liar just like a normal dude? I'm trying to remember, or if he was, was he? Oh, it's the guy the from person?
0: Saw. It's the guy who had a saw off his leg. That's an act, but that's just an actor. Like I, oh well, yeah, they're just act. They're just movies. It's not real. Also, <laughs> also, also, I
2: looked it up. It is Joy Fatone. Also, why did I say Backstreet? That's NSYNC. Um, <laughs> Ooh.
0: Oh, yeah! There, there's my late '90s credentials revoked. Uh-oh. Be careful with that, yeah, yeah. yeah be yeah. careful. Um, this is a Vikings podcast, by the way. So we're ten I'm
1: minutes best. in vikes Bengals right. week. We're, not uh, we're yet gonna discuss the upcoming Vikings game.
0: <laughs> yeah, you we're can't gonna prove put- that it is Barbie coming out, releasing now, streaming <laughs> on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Uh, what do we got today? We're putting Nick Mullins and Jake Browning under the microscope. Plus how Brian Flores has squeezed every drop of talent out of that Vikings defensive roster. We also got Ron Johnson coming up in what should be about two minutes now, not 15. He'll stop by for his <laughs> weekly visit and then stay till the end because you don't want to miss our yearly holiday movie draft, which you'll be able to vote on later today as well. I already know what a going to pick with that one one. I can feel it in my bones. Die hard. Nope. Die hard. Uh-uh. Before we jump into it, quick reminder, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash today to get started. All right, fellas, we kind of teased it with Sam. Let's start here. Vikes Bengals this Saturday, noon kickoff. Vikes enter the week one game above 500, beating the greatest three to nothing. First three to nothing game. Maybe you guys already talked about this on Monday's show. I missed it, but first three nothing game by the Vikings since 1971 versus Green Bay. Freddie Cox, the kicker, which apparently. My dad was at that game. He told me all about it. It was at the Old Met, which it was just kind of cool to hear about that. But I digress. This Saturday, we get the Battle of the Backups. Nick Mullins taking on former Viking UDFA Jake Browning, who started his career here in Minnesota many moons ago. This dude's been hot, guys. Uh, 629 yards, a 110 rating or better in his last back-to-back games. How about this? I thought this was pretty wild. Zero sacks taken versus the Colts Sunday in 25 dropbacks versus a pass rush that came into the week top three in the league, in sacks. And he's been mixing it up, too. Versus the Jags, if you remember, heavy dose of Jamar Chase. This week, he spread it out, nine different pass catchers. Not one Bengal pass catcher had more than four targets. So uh, this dude does not look like the rookie we saw back in the 2019 Viking training camp right now. Arif, let's start with you. I guess just your snapshot of Jake Browning from what you've seen, what you expect to see this week from a game plan standpoint with Brian Flores, and I guess how to slow this guy down in their off. Offense.
2: yeah it's it's another situation where my perception of the player just based off of watching i haven't done like a serious film analysis or anything mm-hmm. like that but just based off of like you know quick glances at the game and, and watching what he's done versus the statistical output that he's provided like in terms of like epa per play there's a huge goal for, right he's second in the nfl right now you have to mess with the minimum passes but he's second in the nfl right now behind brock purdy in epa per play Right. That is remarkably productive. Right. It's not as if the Bengals have the world's best offensive line. Obviously, they've got a pretty good supporting cast. I think we tend to overrate the Bengals supporting cast when we talk about Joe Burrow, but I think it's very important here uh, to have a discussion about, you know, what players like Jamar Chase and T. Higgins bring to bear. So um, there's all that. But, you know, at some point, I do just kind of have to drop it and just accept that, like, hey, that statistical output is probably real. Um, He is playing to type i don't think that anything we've seen suggests that the scouting report on the way that he plays is particularly different i think that he tends to uh you know get rid of the ball quickly i think that he tends to uh you know kind of dish it out to you know whoever's open by the progression i don't think he tends to take a ton of chances again i haven't checked things like aggressiveness index Mm -hmm. i haven't checked things like a dot but based off of you know what i've seen very much it seems like he's a guy that is willing to let the supporting cast do a good chunk of the work, so um, that's what I see. Uh, I I think a lot of that just kind of goes out the window against uh, Brian Flores' defense. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of quarterbacks that throw deep that suddenly magically against the Vikings don't. So um, you know, I I think that it's going to be kind of difficult to turn a scouting report into a preview of what's going to happen because of the nature of the Vikings' defense.
0: Yeah, that EPA ranked right behind Brock Purdy is absolutely wild. Uh, Luke, same question. Thoughts on Browning. Uh, any big notes uh, sticking out or anything come to mind, I guess, when you think about the Bengals this week? What's what's the two or three things on the forefront of your mind?
1: Yeah, so I was talking to Jake Lisko on the crossover episode he does Locked on Bengals, and they've been kind of hiding Browning with a ton of rollouts and moving pockets and, and stuff you you typically see with backups or like young quarterbacks. And in particular in the last two games, which have been against the Jaguars and the Colts. It's like really good against those like Gus Bradley defenses. And this defense obviously is, is a way different challenge. So what I'm really curious about is does Zach Taylor say, yeah, but like this has been working. So let's keep doing this rollout thing. Or is he going to try to dial up something different to see if he can't be the first person to crack this nut. That is uh, the Brian Flores defense and, and and how hot that the defense is right now. I don't know if you do though. Like if you're sitting there with a backup quarterback and you're just trying to survive, push into the playoffs where there's this huge glut of seven and six teams in the AFC uh, and, and you just are going to kind of go, you know what, let's just do what our quarterback can do. And, and in, instead of trying to, um, you know, push some crazy risky thing against this blitz heavy defense. Yeah. Let's just like do this with rollouts. So we'll see just how Flores prefers to approach to to attack a rollout heavy approach um which you don't see a lot of in the league anymore uh it's because it's not like 2019 anymore you know um but hey you do what you got to do in cincinnati right so i get it but we'll see what flores wants to do if zach taylor does kind of roll in with the same game plan he's had the last couple weeks i'll be curious to see if that just means like more guys on the same side as the running back, which is typically where the rollout will go. Um, or if, well, it's, it's an under center actually. So just on the back side, mm-hmm. right? Like more guys on the edge that can like chase after the quarterback uh, or if they come up with something a little bit more interesting to try to force Jake Browning to take chances he otherwise wouldn't want to take, maybe force him to throw into coverages and make mistakes. I kind of get it. Like the Bengals with burrow were, really good at beating the blitz by getting the call, the the ball out quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would imagine that like the Colts and Jags saying, yeah, there's a backup, but like this team's really good at executing quick stuff. Let's not play into it with the blitz. But they're normal people with sane defensive coordinators. Right. <laughs> Our right. guy is in a totally different reality right. and is right, unhinged, yeah. and he's just going to go into that.
0: Unhinged, <laughs> yeah. psychotic. I do want to touch on that here first, but there was a CBS <laughs> article that That's came out that. a week before the season started that ranked all 32 backups in the league. Take a stab at where you think Jake Browning ranked. We had to get uh, like 30th. Yeah, like 28th.
2: Dead last yes. CFL yes. Thirty-two.
0: Wow. Here's the snapshot. The former undrafted prospect has spent four years on and off practice squads, beating out journeyman Trevor Simeon to back up Joe Burrow. But he's thrown just a single NFL pass. His most notable attribute is his knowledge of Zach Taylor's offense. It must have been updated at some point around the deadline, too, because Josh Dobbs is on here for the Vikes. He's ranked 12th. Other interesting oh, ones on the Vikes. Interesting. Tyson Bainjian ranked 21. Easton Stick, 22. We'll see him tonight on Thursday. Okay, yeah, that's football. definitely been updated. Uh, Bailey Zappy. Twenty-three. Mitch Trubisky, tenth. I guess. Well, no, no, it's not completely updated. <laughs> Bailey's happy is not a backup. Uh, that's true. No, you're right. That's <laughs> Wait, true. Are they starting
1: him on purpose now? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my here's God, your, it's dark.
0: Here's your <laughs> one, two, three. Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett, Sam Darnold. That's your one, two, three. What's up with all the backups this year, man? Weird year for the Vikings. No, weird year for the NFL, man. How many backups have we seen to this point this year start at least one game? It's got to be close to a record, I would think.
1: I think I saw somewhere that like 50 quarterbacks have started a game.
2: Just total. Uh, so two weeks wow. ago, the number was 53. 53 um, yeah. Wow. So uh, the most quarterbacks to have ever started a game in the NFL was last year with 69, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so we haven't reached that yet, but we're on pace to beat it now. Uh, now that Joe Flacco's like started for the Browns and Easton Stick started for the Chargers, um, we have increased... I don't know that on-pace stats make sense here, but we're going with it. But, um, <laughs> you know, because like that's not really how it works. But yeah, um, we, we've had a lot of starters for the number of weeks that we've had. Uh, the fact that we have 18 weeks instead of 17 increases it that's why you know the numbers have been pretty high uh the last couple of years but we're on pace basically again i don't know if that makes sense but we're on pace to have the most quarterbacks start in the nfl we technically we haven't hit it yet so we'll see okay maybe maybe um Couple Maybe more weeks the to play here. Goes down or something. Yeah, yeah I don't know yeah, that. I shouldn't more have more named a play. specific person. That seems to mean spirited. Yeah, yeah, you did. You did though.
0: All right. That's <laughs> that's, that's in the archives. I don't want him to get hurt. I was just like, well, who's a who's a who's a team? the yeah. Backup. Yeah. Right. Um, speaking of unhinged, psychotic. Let's talk about Brian Flores for a quick minute or two. (laughs) I I know we do this every week. We talk about this dude. But, I mean, he's legitimately the hottest coordinator in the league right now. I mean, after pitching that shutout in Vegas last week. Did you guys see the Tom Pellicero tweet when he interviewed Harrison Phillips? They are talking about the Walter Payton Man of the Year stuff, but he asked him what makes this whole thing so special, so unique, and what really stuck out to me in that answer. We've talked about, again, how psychotic, how crazy the scheme is. Talked about that Kevin Seifert article and Breakdown and all that, which was phenomenal, but he mentioned how – When an offense gets up to the line of scrimmage and they go into a check, okay, well, Brian Flores and this defense, they got their check off that check. And then when the offense makes a second check off that check, that's when most defenses are kind of stuck. They're idle, can't really do anything. Too hard to communicate to a second or third check with five seconds left on the play clock. But that's when they go into that next check, sometimes even a third check at the line of scrimmage. And it feels like, that's gotta be one of a one of the bigger difference makers and something that I, I think most coordinators haven't been able to successfully implement like Flores has this year. Um, Luke, I know you tweeted out a few days ago. Eventually someone's gonna figure this whole thing out. Could be Always. this week, could be next week, yep. could be next year. We don't know. But in the meantime, what he's doing right now, it, it's an absolute thing of beauty, isn't it?
1: Yeah. It's and and when I say that the, he'll get figured out, I, it's not that the whole thing will fall apart and become unviable right. in the NFL. I mean, cover three got figured out. There's still lots of cover three. Uh, but then there's there's beaters, right? There's cover three beaters. There's quarters beaters. Like eventually there will be things that beat the Bengal look where if you if you line up with eight on the line, teams will figure out that if you do this, this or that. Um, and then check into this if they go into coverage and, and they'll figure out a way to to move the ball against this stuff. They're not just gonna roll over and die all the time. And there's a lot of really good offensive minds remaining on the Vikings schedule, not to mention just around in the league that, that'll play the Vikings next year. So somebody will will crack the code, but until they do, we're gonna be going up against, you know, Jake Browning and then uh Jared Goff, Jordan Love, and and if they can't figure out a way to make things easy for those guys, yeah, it's just going to keep being a whole bunch of punts.
0: Let's bring in the legend, Ron Johnson, Gophers Hall of Famer. You can check him out every Tuesday up on the Ron Johnson Show right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota channel. Uh, Ron, first off, we're just talking about Brian Flores, how crazy this whole scheme and everything that he's doing is. Um, you played in the league. Have you ever seen anything like this? And just what makes it so special and unique?
4: Uh, I mean, honestly, this is the thing about defense. Um, I don't know if it, if there's anything unique or special about it. I honestly think he's just doing like non-tendency type stuff. So a lot of people have tendencies in certain packages and certain things. I think when you look at the, the number of defensive of coaches on that staff, the number of analysts, um, the, the number of ways, because Josh Mantell brought it up. He said when they played the Falcons – there was a coach for the Falcons on the sideline trying to yell out every <laughs> potential play that was coming or potential blitz and every single time he was wrong. And I think that's the thing. If Brian Flores is just, he's just figuring out, you know what, instead of going with the normal tendency uh, to drop seven here, I should, the, everybody says I should drop six and rush five here. He's just not doing it. He's just saying, you know what? I got enough athletes. I got enough guys um, that Josh would tell us I'm going to do something for you. And so, offensively, I remember when the, the Ravens, we first started doing a lot of explode, shrink, uh, motion stuff where we would start off in tight, we'd explode to, to regular uh, twins right, or we'd start off in twins right, and we'd shrink to bunch left, and then we motion. Well, what that did was that made practice fun. Uh, that made game planning fun. Now, even though with the Ravens, we were going to run the ball 70 times, it still was fun to mess around with it. But then when I got to the Colts, I saw the true reason of why an offense does it, to see Peyton Manning do it, to shrink, to explode, to motion, to shift. Um, A lot of times not even having a play drawn up, just knowing that if he explodes to empty, he's going to get some type of cover two or cover four look because that's the best way to kind of combat empty. When you have five receivers, you can't just go, man, unless you just feel like you got dogs. You're going to go quarters or two, and so from empty – Peyton would then find the best cover two beater, which was usually, you know, some type of four vertical look with the inside bender or some to attack that Tampa two linebacker and put them in a bind. And so when you look at like, you know, where where Peyton Manning is in that aspect, if you take Brian Flores into that, that thought process, Brian Flores is like, you know what? Offenses are going to check. So why am I going to play this game and check with them? Here's what we're going to do as long as we're lined up and we feel like we can cover these guys. We're still gonna blitz the guys we were gonna blitz in the first place, but we're gonna make sure that you understand this is the one chance you can't blitz. So there might be some type of if they go empty, hey Harrison, you can't blitz, man, you gotta get out of it. Uh if they if they go, you know, trips left with a running back to the left. So now you're technically in a four by one, um, you know, he could say, Hey, Josh, you can't blitz. You gotta cover that running back or that tight end. So I guarantee there's little things like that. But other than that, I think Brian Flores just lining up and knowing. I can come from so many different ways. You have no way to understand where I'm coming from, how I'm coming, and why I'm doing it. Um, I think that's what's was most intriguing about it. But at the end of the day, without a guy like Josh Mantellis and Harrison Smith and Cam Bynum, those three, I don't think you can pull this off because when you watch the Raiders, even though the Vikings did nothing against them, when you watch the Raiders in games and teams were were putting them in, in binds, Their safeties had no idea sometimes what they were doing, and I think that's the big difference in the Vikings is those safeties.
0: Uh, Ron, real quick, let me switch to the other side of the ball. Did you see Kurt Warner's tweets about how he thought sitting Dobbs was not warranted considering all the drops and the little help that he got? What's your take on that quarterback change mid-game like that? Obviously, they won the game. They finally scored some points, so it's kind of tough to argue, isn't it?
4: Yeah, I mean, there's a thing. Kurt Warner is an HOF, so I'm never going to – question somebody's hall of fame status when they know exactly what they're looking at on film and so to his point if if, if if jaylen naylor makes that catch if kj osborne makes that catch if tj hockinson yes it was hard his one arm was being grabbed if he makes the circus catch that we've seen and knows he can make um if, if dobbs maybe doesn't lead justin jefferson in so late and he throws a little bit sooner and a little bit lower so we're not taking a hit to the ribs I think we're having a different conversation. That's one errant throw there. Other than that, um, some of the footwork stuff is is, his feet, as Dan Orlovsky would say, his feet didn't marry his shoulders. And what that meant was on that pump to the right, where he was trying to fake like it was going to be some type of pump right and he was supposed to throw it deep, his feet took him too far to the right. So when he pumped, his body went with him to the right, and now he was in the lap of the tackle. Versus if he had just dropped straight back, pumped, and stayed straight back, Probably has a little bit more time. He's probably ever deliver a ball. So there's probably some footwork stuff and some mental stuff that Kevin O'Connell wasn't happy with. Um, And that's the one thing Kurt Warner doesn't know is like what Kevin O'Connell was looking for. But, yeah, if they make those catches, we might be having a different conversation here. So I I think it's two sides to the coin. There's probably some things Kevin O'Connell saw on tape, you know, eye wise, footwork wise that he didn't like. Um, and then there was probably some things that he's like, well, I know I know Nick Mullins is not going to get happy feet here because he's not a runner. So let, let's just go into this game with this. Because when you look at the Bengals, honestly, um, Jake Browning is the last four weeks has been playing similar to Josh Jobs. Like their stats, I think, before this, this week, their stats, or maybe it is right now, their stats are pretty close to the same. Um, the big thing about Jake Browning is Zach Taylor is giving him no other options but who to throw to and is who to throw to guys mm. are absolute dogs and so mm. you know I'm doing a breakdown on Sunday or Saturday about this but Jake Browning does not look guys off he stares down mm. the read he's supposed to go to and he's praying that that guy finds a way to get open and and so I think that's what Kevin O'Connell is looking for a guy that's going to sit in there stick with what it's called stick with the stick with the throw and not be worried about like oh I know I can run so I might be able to run here where Nick Mullins isn't thinking that. He's like, what's the play? All right, let me sit in here. So you might see more sacks, mm-hmm. um, but you're not going to see some of the errant you know, footwork issues that I think Kevin O'Connell was frustrated with.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. Can't wait to check out that breakdown on Saturday before the game. Luke Brown, what do you got for Ron?
1: I was thinking about this, um, talking a lot about Ivan Pace this week, Defensive Player of the Week and all that, and just how good of a tackler he is. Like, man, he's just like the best tackler on the field. Wait, actually, he might not be the best tackler on the field because there's Bynum and there's Daniel Hunter. Who's the best tackler on the Vikings?
0: Ooh. Hmm. Isn't that hard?
4: That's, Bynum, that's a tough Bynum's like gotten it.
0: so much better at tackling.
4: I, I, I'd say, yeah, I'd probably say, you so with defensive linemen, you know, it's it tells tough to say good tacklers with them because they don't have to tackle in space as much. Um, mm-hmm. I usually leave that to a backer or a safety because uh, because mm-hmm. of the depth in which he has to come down. I, I'd probably go with Cam Bynum right now. Uh, he doesn't really miss a lot of tackles. He's coming from a lot more depth. Uh, but Ivan Pace is, is solid. Like, when you look at this kid, he reminds me of a wrestler. His leverage, he's, he's never, like, leaning with his helmet. He leads with his shoulder every time. Uh, so you can tell Luke Fickle, um, I, I never want to give Wisconsin praise, but Luke Fickle when he was at Cincinnati, um, you know, you could tell he had those guys coached up well uh, because a lot of Cincinnati guys, when you look at Sauce Gardner, uh, Ivan Pace Jr., Kobe Bryant, like, they've all made it to the league, and they're all – like solid defenders. And so you can tell there was some fundamental stuff going on in Cincinnati that a lot of people didn't really know. Because, again, Sauce Gardner didn't jump out to us until his last year, but he had been there doing that because Kobe Mm -hmm. Bryant was before him. Um, So I I think that's that's more of the coaching at Cincinnati, I guess I'll say, you know shout out to uh Jason and Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift.
0: Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the improvement of a Caleb Evans and Cam Bynum's yeah, tackling from last year to this year has just been absolutely phenomenal. Uh last quick one, 10 second answer Ron, who would you want back more for this defense down the stretch, Jordan Hicks or Marcus Davenport? What do you think?
4: Uh give me Eric Kendricks uh for two hundred. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> um honestly, both But the way they're getting after the quarterback now, I I would like to see Hicks because I think Ivan Pasten can be unleashed if -hmm. Hicks comes back in and takes the green dot from him, and now he can maybe move around a little bit more within this defense. But, yeah, uh, I want both – But but for sure, uh, Hicks is a difference maker when you think about his leadership.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well said. No wrong answer there. Love it. Ron Johnson on Twitter, at 3 Ron Johnson. Check him out every week on the Ron Johnson Show, part of the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. And if you haven't already, by the way, go check out Ron's brand-new interview with Chris Carter. Yeah, that Chris Carter, Vikings legend. That's up on Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss a beat. Ron, pleasure as always. We'll talk to you soon, all right?
4: Appreciate it. I will say Chris Carter dropped some gems on. Mm. He kind of was like trying to hold the crown. He's like, hey, don't, don't give it to Justin Jefferson just yet. This mm. dude is not – I've never missed more than four games in my career. Mm-hmm. He's like, Justin Jefferson already missed five. So I was like, oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Chris.
0: Yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris dropped some knowledge on that one. That was phenomenal. Check that one out. All right, Ron. Ron Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. All right, coming up, I want to ask you guys about Nick Mullen starting this week. Where Kirk Cousins, though? Where does Kirk Cousins – Fit in the long term plans. But first, a quick word from FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets when you win just a $5 money line wager with FanDuel. That's $150 in bonus bets when you throw down just any $5 money line wager. This week, the San Francisco 49ers are 12 and a half point favorites versus the Cardinals. Put 5 bucks on the Niners to win straight up, and you could win $150 in bonus bets back. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on all the action, the app. It's so easy to use, and they got everything you need. Money lines, parlays, prop bets, you name it, they got it. FanDuel's got everything you need to bet on the entire NFL season, and it's by far the easiest and simplest betting app to use. Go check it out for yourself. Visit FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash on Today, America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I think I've said this before, but in the last eight years, how many Defensive linemen Do you think the Vikings have drafted in the first three rounds? Any guess? You want to take a stab? Eight years in the Eight first years. three rounds. One, one, two, and three. How many defensive linemen do you think they've drafted? Well, like I want to say
1: zero, unless
0: that goes back. Uh, Daniil Hunter Daniel was Hunter was a third round pick. It was. I thought it was. It goes back to Daniel Patrick Jones one Patrick Jones Patrick Jones they the Vikings have drafted one in the eight years have drafted one defensive lineman I think that's absolutely wild um I asked Ron I just want 10 seconds from you guys on this one who do you guys want back more down the stretch for this defense Jordan Hicks or Marcus Davenport and wide. I'm going to go with Davenport.
1: I feel like just having a guy that can win more one-on-ones can help the Vikings get a little bit more pressure because they will ha- like when they're not manufacturing it by like exotic pressures and stuff, it's been pretty hard for them to get to the quarterback. And Davenport was doing a great job. Uh, plus a great job of like setting the edge and, and you know, being where he was supposed to be in the run game. A lot of the worst run plays that we've suffered in the last four or five weeks you can kind of see DJ want uh at, at the mm-hmm. point of attack there in particular, what comes to mind is against the Falcons. Remember that drive where they ran like eight times in a row and they scored a touchdown boy, did they just like figure out where 98 was and, and check into a run right there and just smoked him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would, I would take uh Davenport, I guess. And plus Ivan Pace is playing just so, so well right. that uh, gosh, like, <laughs> I don't know if I put Jordan picks back it's in, tough he's going to it. mess with it. Oh, right. that's that's a Absolutely.
2: little much. That's a little much. All right, fair uh, enough. <laughs> but uh, th- this one's this one's tough for me, right? Because the drop off from Davenport to Wanam, as like a Wanam hater, uh, is is pretty huge, right? Like I think that that's like there's a there's a pretty big uh, talent differential there versus the Hicks to Pace one. But I do think that Ron uh, hit on a correct point there, which is that. Ivan Pace is like extremely good at the stuff that he's good at, and he's like whatever the stuff that he's not good at, right? Jordan Hicks is like very good at the stuff that Ivan Pace is not good at, right? He has been great in coverage. He's been great at uh, you know taking on some of those the bigger guards when they have to take on the block and try to squeeze. Um, and I think that like you enable more stuff on the back end when you've got Hicks, right? I think that. The ability to manufacture pressure allows you to cover up some of that. Obviously, kind of that concern about the run game that Luke brought up, that's like very real. Uh, That Falcon stuff was like insanely frustrating. Um, But I I think that you can also cover that up when you've got, you know, players like Jordan Hicks. So I just think that um, Hicks really maximizes pace if Hicks is back healthy, whereas Davenport adds something that the Vikings are – in in a way manufacturing anyway like i know that there's like you know drawbacks to manufacturing pressure in particular ways but it's not like hicks is a bad blitzer either i think that you still add something to uh the way that your front operates with Hicks versus uh versus Davenport but yeah I mean Davenport played really well in the couple of games that he was healthy he has been you know a, a huge ad when he's been on the field uh, I don't think you could pick a wrong answer here but I'd, I'd pick Hicks just because I'm not super comfortable with Ivan pace and coverage still
0: yeah nope that makes sense no wrong answer like you said um, I want to make sure we get to this uh, holiday movie draft so quick rapid fire through these next two or three topics 10 20 seconds each um, I asked Ron about it. I brought it up. Did you guys check the the Kurt Warner tweet pertaining to Josh Dobbs? Here's the tweet if you yep. missed it. Just watch the Vikings tape. I feel for Josh Dobbs being benched. So important to watch each play and not just see the results. I feel he played well. Drop passes all over. Some things didn't work and, of course, missed some, but far from a benching performance, in my opinion. So, we all know Dobbs didn't get much help. What was the final tally? Seven drops? Was it six or seven? Six.
2: Oh, it depends, depends
0: on who you a ask. A lot okay.
1: on what you look at. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. okay. Sounds like it's that guys frustrating. This it's quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, I wrote a whole piece on Arif's Substack about it. Got uh, it. Oh, we'll go check uh, that out. A, but It's a but really like, six. weird stat.
0: Minimum and then I went eight
1: through eight. all of them and counted them for myself. I said seven, which landed between PFF and Sports Info Solutions. So.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, so. but
2: PFR said like two. So yeah, which is <laughs> oh,
0: Really? So all yeah, of that's yeah. crazy. Okay, we'll call yeah. it six, maybe seven. So tough balls thrown for sure, but hey, hits your hands. You're gonna take some heat if you guys don't come down with those more times than that. That's just the way it is. A reef, though. Do, do you agree with Kurt Warner's stance that Dobbs should not have been pulled? And how do you think the offense looks, just real quick here, 10 20 seconds with Mullins at the helm? What what looks different? What looks better with Nick Mullins? Dobbs should not be benched for performance reasons, but for offense fit reasons.
2: I think that he played fine. I think that he and Mullins played at about the same level. PFF actually disagrees. I think Dobbs played better. Um, There's an argument for it, right? What? With the reason I would prefer Mullins is because he knows the offense and the playbook is bigger and you can run site adjustments in your routes. You can call multiple plays in the huddle and kill those plays. You don't have to work on your mesh technique on read options, something they haven't been able to do in the offseason. The stuff that Dobbs does really well or stuff that the Vikings have not repped and the other 10 players on the offense cannot execute to the level that needs to be executed if you want to win playoff football. So Nick Mullins plays the style of football that the Vikings have been practicing. He knows the plays. He knows how those plays need to play out. He knows how to kill plays. He's the guy. And he plays within the rhythm and the timing of the offense. So I think you got to go with him, not because he's the better quarterback, but because you know life in the NFL is unfair and right now it's unfair in his favor.
0: Yeah, no, well said, Luke. I mean, thoughts on Warner saying Dobbs shouldn't or didn't deserve to be benched. And what are the one or two biggest positives for this offense in KOC rolling with Mullins now instead? Like, what can you confidently say changes for the better this Saturday versus the Bengals?
1: Yeah, I know Kurt Warner posted a whole uh, breakdown, like went through yeah, like, like 20 times. plays on on yeah. YouTube. Uh, I haven't watched it because I'm working on uh, content about this myself, and I don't want to couch all his obs- observations. So I'll defer until after I've done that. Um, but That's the good. only thing I'll say is it doesn't seem like Kurt Warner is considering that the leash was already short. Uh, Nick Mullins took practice reps with the first team in the week leading up to the Raiders game. So they were already kind of on a hair trigger there. So the idea that well that game in and of itself was not benchable, while that might be true, he's also coming off the four interception thing, and there's there's context to that that might reconcile what O'Connell did and what Kurt Warner is seeing. Um, but yeah, if for more on that, I'm I'm gonna dive into it a lot deeper and put it on patreon talk about it on On and stuff that's kind of what i'm going to do all day today
0: now let's say mullins gets hurt at any point really now moving forward uh, one word answer are you team back to dobbs or are you banging the table for jaron hall so we can collect that bigger sample size of the rookie before we go into the long off season filled with all this quarterback talk
2: i wanted hall anyway so i'm there yeah uh, you
0: yeah <laughs> you, you've been banging for hall haven't you
2: yeah uh yeah dobbs i guess I, to dobbs. I, i don't
0: feel strongly about it Let's fast forward to the off season now just for 30 seconds here. What's this whole thing look like for Kirk Cousins now? Like the messier this gets week after week, does that give all the leverage to Kirk and his agent this off season? or are we already at that point? Is this Kirk Cousins' choice if he even wants to come back now because I think about how many backup quarterbacks we were talking about have started around the league right now and I got to think Kirk and his camp hold all the power, all the cards right now this off season. but that's just my gut feeling. Reef, what do you think?
2: Uh, I don't know that it's going to be about leverage. Like I'm usually pretty cynical about player team negotiations and it's all about money and leverage and stuff like that. And that's usually the case. I think here, Kirk wants to be a Viking. The Vikings want Kirk. I don't think that they'll play leverage against each other unless guaranteed money becomes a huge sticking point, which it is Kirk Cousins, so that's always on the table. Um, but I do think that the Vikings do want Kirk. I think that they'll extend him to a short-term deal, maybe a two-year deal. Um, that'll, it's going to be tough because, again, Kirk Cousins wants guaranteed money, and he's also old and injured. And so it's going to be really difficult to be comfortable with guaranteed money, but that's just who he is. And the Vikings have been fairly strongly signaling that and without you know one of the quarterbacks stepping up and just playing well for multiple games in a row it's really difficult for the vikings to say no nah, i'd rather stick with Mullins," or nah, i'd rather stick with dobbs they can't say that right so i think that they'll both just agree to something without either of them bending each other over the barrel i think that um you're probably not going to get the 40 million uh that that kirk wanted this last off season, but I don't think you'll be far from it. I think you'll be something like 38 million, two years and in, in Kirk's uh, world that would be a fully guaranteed two years.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Luke.
1: I, yeah, I think the question will become how much better can Kirk cousins do on the open market than he can with the Vikings? Can he do better at all than he can with the Vikings? Because if he can't, then he'll probably be more willing to take a smaller deal with the Vikings to represent the risk that comes with the Achilles injury and age and all that stuff. And. That's the sticking point for like 80% of the people that strongly dislike Kirk Cousins is that he costs too much money, right? So I, I wonder how perception changes when that happens, like I, I, I think that affects perception so much is how much someone makes. Like, I can't wait for the, a lot of Vikings Twitter to turn on just right. It's
2: like, it's like your deal too. this year, man, right. is that you're like, yeah, man, it's, 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 it's because you all care about how much you're all pocket watching. Uh, you all care. And
0: how much end, Yeah. Players. It bugs
1: me to see people turn on. Like we, we loved Hawkinson until he got paid. Um, <laughs>
0: Oh, you got it. Yeah, that, that, that's oh, what
1: it okay. comes down to well, for okay, me. But, is but what, what is will, the market will, for cousins outside well, of you, Minnesota, yeah, and and I have no idea. So I I have no idea what happens, but I have a feeling that like j- let's roll with Josh Dobbs is no longer on the
0: table. Brad Spielberger. If, if, if PFF contract projections for Vikings uh, top 2024 Osama, free agents. We, Cousins uh, 2 years 60 million 30 million average 37 and a half guaranteed. Reasonable enough, Hunter, but I think the
1: range is so huge. Yeah, the, like, the range margin of error the is, so is
0: so huge. Daniel Hunter yeah. 40 million guaranteed about 22 million per year. Both yeah. seem low if you want my honest opinion, but I agree. he's probably not going to pass his physical in March so that may hinder him from getting as much as we think we'll see. I don't know.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Spielberger does phenomenal work and he's just been given a bunch of tools to improve that work, which is where those contract projections come from. I respect it a lot. It is really difficult to do that kind of work because it is built off of matching player profiles from free previous contract environments mm-hmm. uh, and then adjusting it for you know the salary cap this year. And Cousins is a very unique negotiator. He is just a very unique negotiator. So it's really difficult to use historical examples of other quarterbacks to figure out what Cousins' uh, contract is going to be. And also, I just haven't seen teams give up negotiating leverage like the Vikings have uh, when it comes Mm -hmm. to Cousins. Um, For the coach to be like, he 100% is coming back. (laughs) Like, we are going to do everything we can to sign him. Like, okay, well, his price probably goes up. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right, like, so, right.
2: so uh i i do think it is a little bit different and this is not a knock on spielberger's work it's just a acknowledgement of how difficult it is to do that kind of work
0: mm-hmm. no well said um all right time to jump into our holiday movie draft right after i remind you about all the good stuff going on on locked on sports minnesota before I jump into it, guys, quick reminder to follow all the work over on Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and on Twitter, give us a follow. It's at Locked On, And remember, we're a podcast, too, free and available, all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it. We got it. Tons of great choices over there. Your one-stop shop with endless Vikings talk with local experts. Ben Beacon talking Wolves on the Locked On Wolves podcast. Of course, our guy Luke Braun talking Vikes every day on the Locked On Vikings podcast. And the Minnesota basketball party every Wednesday with Sam. Sam Ekstrom, Reggie Wilson, and Jack Borman. Do us a favor, hit the subscribe button, and drop us a five-star review. Okay, it's that time. Our favorite yearly tradition, the holiday movie draft. Only three of us today, so we'll each pick four of the movies I've got listed here. Of course, if you want to pick something that's not on the list, you can do so as well. I flipped the coin, Arif, you got the 1-1. One, one. I'll go last. I'm putting a... 15 second cap on each pick so we can keep this moving Arif, the one one the floor is yours
2: oh jesus okay i was not thinking about this i've got the one one i'm just gonna uh it's a wonderful life jesus
0: it's a wonderful life can't go wrong with that really you know you're gonna get some votes and let me switch these over it's a phenomenal movie phenomenal um luke braun you're on the clock
2: uh i'll slam elf it's good I pick. just I wasn't that
1: into Elf, but I know that that's going to be a popular one. It's going to be I yeah, am. I'm I'm pandering.
0: That is going to get a lot of votes. I probably would have taken Elf to be honest. Um I'm just going to go with two that I watch every year with my parents. One with my dad, one with my mom. First of all, Planes Trains and Automobiles I watch them with my dad every year. We could quote the whole thing. So that's my pick and then coming back with the four I watch A Christmas Story with my mom every year so i'm gonna go with the christmas story two i mm-hmm. think eh, you know maybe if you like them you love them so hopefully i'll get enough people voting on this that uh, have seen both those movies because they're great Uh bron coming to back to people. you yeah uh
1: yeah i'll hit
2: home alone that's another one that's that i feel like one. has a lot well, of i like yeah, that one yeah
0: that's a great one and reef you got back to back
2: Okay, I wanted I was so happy Muppet's Christmas Carol survived. So I'm taking so that. So good. Oh yeah. So
1: <laughs> good. That, I was going to take on the way back if it survived. <laughs>
2: yeah, so good. Cuz I was so concerned. Um so I'll take that and then um man, uh, it's actually kind of tough after that. I'm not a huge Christmas movie guy. Um I don't like the horror Christmas movies, so I'm just going to I'm just giving those up. I'm letting you know that I'm not going to see those. I've seen maybe <laughs> one of them. Yeah. Um man, this is uh let's go with man luke you spell so many of these things wrong let's uh, I don't so.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: let's google i don't know you ever let's heard of go. google i don't know uh I'm, I'm deciding between two i'll go just real quick with my instincts of charlie brown christmas okay that's all, all I right
0: you can go wrong with that couple of cartoon okay. ones
2: okay yeah. you to balance out the black and white
0: classic right charlie brown go ahead and copy sure. and paste it if you see it yeah go ahead all right back Good to boy. you bron you got elf and home alone
1: It's getting hard because I am running out of movies that I'm familiar with because I'm also not a huge Christmas movie guy. But I guess I'll take How the Grinch Stole Christmas.
0: God, That's a great one. Yeah, that's a really good one. That's going to get you some votes. I'm going to go with The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Me and my wife absolutely love that one. I've never seen... Classic Luke Inman movie. I've never seen (laughs) the second or third. I think they're on like the fifth one. I think Disney did a spin-off only seen the original the og but tim allen hilarious in the santa claus and then coming back for my last pick i'm gonna go jingle all the way arnold schwarzenegger and yeah, sinbad recorded and filmed by the way at the mall of america right here so that should get some brown as well all right back to Braun for your last pick elf home alone how the grinch stole christmas
1: i feel like i need one kind of old school classic so i'll go with a christmas carol Oh, that's a good one.
0: Okay. Well done. Yep. Okay. And a reef, you've got It's oh, a Wonderful gosh. Life, the one one, a Muppets Christmas Carol, and a Charlie Brown Christmas. Your final pick here. A lot of options still left.
2: Focusing on fixing your typos. Uh- <laughs> oh,
0: sorry. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That might take a while.
2: <laughs> uh, man. Okay. So I've got two cartoons. So I, I feel like I can't go in that direction anymore. Um, which is tough because like a lot mm-hmm. of these a lot of the, a lot, a of the lot of the, of the best
1: ones comics. left are, are cartoons, yeah. yeah
2: um man actually so i i i didn't think i was gonna take a sequel but this sequel does rule i'm gonna take home alone too i love it man, i was gonna D. say if home alone 2 went it. undrafted it's yeah. so good i let's get donald trump in there yep <laughs> there <laughs> you go let's yeah, make yeah, yeah. christmas yeah.
0: great again let's go you know <laughs> herbert hoover stayed on this floor the vacuum guy <laughs> uh yeah uh, absolutely phenomenal movie. Uh, well done, gentlemen. As always, that's always a lot of fun. I'll post this up on Twitter. We can see who wins the yearly holiday movie poll award. That's a wrap today, though. Remember, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every Monday and Thursday for another episode of the Football Party, your one-stop shop breakdown of everything Minnesota Vikings. That's Arif Hassan. He's on Twitter, at Arif Hasan NFL. Check out all his work over at the Wide Left Substack. Luke Braun, host of Lockdown Vikings, over on Twitter, at Luke Braun. NFL. Thanks for tuning in to the Minnesota Football Party, part of the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. We're back tomorrow with the roundtable. We got Carol Evans' very own Reggie Wilson and Julia Daniels, but until then, I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Signing out.